Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Your first question is from Colleen. She has a little paint gelding that that is rearing when doing groundwork uh, and also under saddle. She's not riding him at the moment until she can work out what to do. He has an issue with stepping past the shoulder and will bite. His offside is worse than his near side. Does she work at getting him to step past her shoulder and then walk beside him? Or is there something else fundamentally that she should be working on first? And she does say that, interestingly, he plants his hind feet, not his front. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, uh, Colleen, because um, it just, just recently at the last clinic, I was working on a very same thing and uh, there was a really sort of nervous horse. Um, he, he he was a kind of a performance horse, but, but someone's really handled him really hard and he was quite frightened going by. And I think with the leading by lesson, it's very easy to, um, you know, think I'm going to lead my horse by and the horse needs a lot more uh, quality leading before you sort of lead them by, especially if you're leading them by to get them soft at travelling past and feeling good about going past you. But by the sounds of the rearing and the brace, the leading by is kind of one of the things down the track that you might want to do. Well, you sort of like I, I, I say it's a prerequisite before I ride and things like that or before you, you know, send a horse out around you or anything like that. Uh, if the horse can't softly lead by and feel good, but it can walk from, you know, its nose through to its hip without any anxiety and worry about you there, then, then, then you're not ready to sort of send it out. But by the sounds of the hind feet getting stuck, and things like that, there's much more sort of leading work that you can do. So, you know, something I would be looking into doing a lot of is just, um, you know, having, you know, standing just a little bit more in front of your horse and working on the rocking back and stepping forward, rocking back and stepping forward until you can go backwards, you know, however many metres that you like and the horse is loose and soft and not bracing in any anywhere through its body. It's not, uh, you know, lowering its head and heavy in the front um, and it's, it's moving its feet. And then as soon as you ask for forward, your horse can softly just spring off nicely and push off with the back feet and lead forward and you won't feel any resistance in your hand. Now, I say to people hold the rein close to their chin because a lot of times horses just preempt the forwards and backwards and they see you and your body moving and before the feel even gets to touch on their nose um, or on their head, the horse is already starting to move forwards and backwards. So you really sort of end up with a horse that's just moving forwards and backwards that you think soft, but when you actually, um, you know, grab on the holder close and say, hey, can you feel this? They start, they still brace. So whilst you're doing those lessons, it's good too to, you know, sometimes stand still and move your hand forwards and backwards and get your horse to just rock forwards and backwards so it's really loose. Um, the next thing you'd sort of want to be doing, um, which, which I think is really good is sort of, you know, a little bit more of a hindquarter yield. So the idea with the hindquarter yield is if your horse is rocking forwards and backwards nicely, you can just walk out in front of it, uh, but have it off to the side a little. And just with a little feel of a bend, just bend in a certain way and the horse will just step over in the hind feet. Now, the idea is the horse softens and thinks into that, uh, like inside rein as such. And, and uh, if it lets go of its all its sort of gazing and all that, and it's just happy to really think into that rein, then it'll start to softly move the feet, the hind feet over. 
um, and and you want to do that on both sides. Now, just we get uh, you know with the hindquarter yield, if your horse is still walking heavy on the forehand and things like that, then I would do more forwards and backwards and gentle lifting lessons and lifting up into the back up and things like that before I go to the hindquarter yield because the hindquarter yield is not something you just do with the horse. It's something you, you build in the sense of getting the horse moving a little lighter. Now, a good hindquarter yield will make them move even better again, um, but it's setting up the horse to be comfortable, emotionally comfortable in the feel of the rain and the, or the rope and the holder in your case, um, and walking softly before you do it, and then it'll be a really nice one. So, um, and the other thing you can sort of also do is just gently while you're backing and forwards with your horse, then just move across. So you're moving towards your horse, but sideways and backwards just a little so it's moving its shoulders away from you so the front feet move away when you put a feel underneath its chin you're moving it away and yielding it across away from you and you can do that on both sides so then you can sort of free up the forequarter as well and all these leading exercises you know I, I sort of have a bit of a joke I say it's, just, it's a one or two second rule um, and and basically the idea is you, 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 you don't want you change directions from forwards to backwards to moving the hip over to moving the forequarter over and you, you don't want your horse to stop for more than a second. So it, it, what it ends up feeling like is you just got to, you're rolling the ball backwards and forwards and sideways and there's no resistance. And um, basically when your horse is leading softly in your hand like that, then you might go back to leading it um, offset beside you. So you're walking backwards and, and um, then you're going back to that sort of, I might try and get the horse to lead by lesson um, but you want to spend a lot of time getting the horse to just softly walk, not lead all the way past, but loosen up softly in that rein. And then you'll feel it just start to carry a nice forward thought beside you. And that's the moment when the horse tells you I'm soft and I'm comfortable to travel by. And that's when you let him by. But I, I think sometimes a lot of people try and just lead their horse by and it ends up like a, a dragging by lesson. Whereas if you get the leading really soft, then the, the, you know you get the stage of horse just floats by, and I think it's the um, preparation for the leading by that's more important sometimes than just trying to get a horse to lead by, and then they lead by without pushing or, uh, and and by that time all the leading race through the feet is, is gone. So basically, from the nose to the feet or the head to the feet, the horse is very loose. Okay, and talking about groundwork and some of the exercises you uh, you just mentioned there, which is uh, with what Kelly's been doing. Kelly says that she's just started to do some of your techniques on her Brumby. He will be four in January. She's had him for a couple of years and he's never tried to nip during groundwork, but now she started to do some leading fundamentals with him. So moving him forwards and backwards, just like you were just talking about off the feel of the lead rope. She's done a couple of short sessions, sessions now, but every time she asks for a backup, he tries to nip her hand holding the lead rope. He's got no issues from going for, forward. Um, he went through a very mouthy baby stage um, a while back and is still quite nibbly if they're standing together in the paddock. Mostly he just nibbles her shoelaces and belt and buckle. He's never tried to bite though. How should she handle this behavior? Is he nipping because he doesn't want to move back? Um, most of those mouthy nibbly horses just, you know, if someone was going to go around their whiskers and, and have their hand, then it's just like almost a prerequisite for that horse to, to start to nibble and bite and things like that, because it's kind of like stimulates that feeling in a horse, you know, that, and you watch them sort of nip and mouth each other and just, you know, play. And it's, 
it's it's very common that you know that you go underneath a horse's chin and try and sort of grab the feel of a rope and the horse starts to you know nip and nibble but also you're going into a space in there that sometimes for some horses um it can be a little bit of a spot that they're a bit uncomfortable with and, and they don't want your hand underneath there so something i would you know work on is is maybe when he's a little mouthy when you're standing there is, is even out in the paddock and things like that don't just nearly nibble willy-nilly when he wants to um you know i know it's sort of nice that he expresses himself and but um, there's got to be a sort of a, an understanding in him to know that this is not nibble time or, you know, because some people, it's just, I'll give an example, could be mutual grooming as a horse might come up and say, can you groom me? And I'll groom you and you groom me. And they sort of demand it. We get all excited and scratch them. And, but then basically there's times that we might want, want, want to stand there and do something else in the paddock or talk to another horse or talk to our friend or stand there quietly and just look at the birds. and our body language is either telling our horse that, that we're interacting with it or not. And I think it's very important that um, it's a conversation that you both invite each other into, not just when the horse says, I'm going to do this and we allow it all the time. So, so I think it's important to teach our horses, I'm not paying attention to you at the moment, I'm doing something else. And they know that body language. So if you have to sort of, you know, you know, sort of say, hey, don't do that and sort of maybe, um, you know, get, not big by chasing them, but just have a little shock through your system that says, he says, oh, hang on a minute. Um, oh, you don't want me in there nibbling all the time. Okay. You know, even if you had a little flag and you popped it or your rope on your leg or, or you know, clap, clapped your, your hand on your thigh or something, you know, just to say, let go of that thought. And then when your horse is standing quietly beside you, that's the you know when it's sort of happy and content just to be there, but without having to sort of, fiddle around so I think just in your normal interactions with your horse before you go to the leading I'd do it I'd, I'd basically it's, it's almost like when you know, when you turn around and say to someone you know or your kids run up to you and they say you know you're having a conversation you kind of end the conversation with the person not immediately you, you sort of finish the conversation and then you start a new conversation with your, with your children you don't just let them interrupt the conversation and I think it's the same with horses we have to sort of have that uh, I'm not engaging with you, I am engaging with you, and they understand that in body language. Um, and then when you come into the leading lessons, I think there's an area there where you, where you want to be able to teach your horse. You can put your hand underneath their muzzle and hold the lead rope without them thinking it's nibble, nibble, nibble time. And, I, and that's where I just have another, uh, like I, I just gently work on a lesson where I can hold the knot of the halter underneath quietly without even asking the horse to do anything. And basically any time it tries to nibble or sort of think my hand's there, as an invitation to nibble or anything like that, I just say, let go of that thought, as I say, whether I clap my leg or pop a flag or whatever, until the horse lets go of that thought that it can nibble. And, and until I can get to a stage, I can gently put my hand underneath their chin and there's no stimulant for them to start nibbling. Um, and then from there, you start to educate them. And uh, if they suddenly get stuck in the feet and they get a little angry and they want to nip and nibble and bite, um, then basically that's where you might sort of keep firm up a little bit on that pressure so they sort of start moving their feet and then quite quickly lighten up don't sort of bump 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 and say don't 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 do that when when you're packing them or you're moving them sideways in the shoulders or anything from underneath the chin um, you just want to sort of put a little bit more firm in there to say let go and but do this and and so instead of saying don't do that you just put more effort into 
you know, more strength in the backup or something like that until they think about that backup and then you loosen off and let them just uh, float along soft and then stop them <clears throat> so they feel comfortable uh, in the backup uh, or you let them off when they start to feel emotionally comfortable in the backup. But I guess you, you may have avoided stuff because you, when you do some of my groundwork, um, people are used to sometimes using a bit more of their indirect feel and they come in and they back their horse on a loose lead and things like that. Uh, in a lot of cases, the horses are backing off our energy, not necessarily us holding the rope. Um, and the problem with that is when you get up and you put a feel through a rein that you want a horse to commit to and sort of follow the feel and stay with that feel and not be troubled by it, then basically we have to on the ground show them that I'm going to hold on to that and I'm going to let you find the path of least resistance within the field, but it's not like a pressure release, pressure release. They just find their comfort in balance in the field. Um, and, and it does challenge a lot of horses because a lot of people are slightly unaware of the fact that their horse is actually slightly avoiding pressure by trying to do the right thing. Um, and something I've, I've been saying, you know, at clinics, um, you know, of recent, another way to explain things I'm saying is your horse a release hunter or a field follower. And soon enough, if you think of it like that in your mind, you start to sort of work out if your horse is a release hunter or a field follower. Because the field followers are not troubled by the boundaries and, and the pressures of feel. They're happy to follow their feel like a pathway, whereas the release hunters are, are hunting that sort of take the pressure away kind of thing. And then they get stressed or uh, anxious when, when the feel's in there for too long and they, 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 they might nibble, they might, they might rear, they might run backwards, they might do all sorts of things, just get frightened. So yes, it's very good to ascertain that, and um, and yeah, and you got You got to work through these things. Uh, you can, if you avoid them, then then later they'll come up under saddle when the horse is kind of fighting you in hand and thing, uh, in your hands and things like that. But yeah, good good question, and it's yeah, it is it is actually more common than you realise. Oh well, that's that's something that's sort of helpful to hear. So Kelly's just going to have to. Um, really not necessarily address the biting but just see it as perhaps him not understanding or him just not being completely comfortable with what she's asking and she just has to find ways of of working through that with him yeah yeah some in, in a lot of times um, like I guess the thing is training is about offering a horse an alternative um, to something that might be a negative behavior so you know uh, you know, so an alternative to nibbling could be just softly yielding. And sometimes you've got to stick in there until you can find that yield in them and then they realise that the yield feels good because they sort of let go of some of that brace and um, they're, 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 they're happy within the field. Okay, the next question is from Carolyn. She says that one of her horses can get very worried when asking for quick transitions in and out of the paces. He starts to panic when asked things in quick succession. How can she help him with this? Okay, so yeah, this is going to be, I'm going to answer part of it and maybe another time you might have to just sort of um, send another answer, like a question through because... Send an update. Because uh, I think there's a few things you'd want to try first to address before we even think about why your horse is anxious. So I think... Um, what I'd be working on is really trying to understand or get your horse to understand or, or try and assess how your horse feels about the tools that you need for those transitions. Most importantly, the, that, that, that leg, when you want a horse to softly move forward off your leg, 
um, and and, um, and 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 if you put more pressure on your legs, how well your horse responds at moving forward without getting anxious. Um, so so like I do a lot of lot of uh, you know especially with the sensitive horses, I, I try and encourage people to do a lot of walk transition within the walk. So you know slow walk, slow walk to medium to fast walk, back to medium walk, and put all and then get to a stage that you can sort of walk your horse up with a squeeze and it's really comfortable and okay about speeding up and then um, and then you can go from a super slow walk and just squeeze right up to a fast trot um, and then rise out in the fast trot and there's no trouble in your horse and no anxiety about about those legs um, and if you find that you're riding your horse and it's it's actually so light that you can't touch it on the ribs uh, uh, especially when you're going a little faster you find that it's more to do with getting the horse more comfortable with your legs. And, and with those horses, I definitely ride without a seat for a while and just show it that the only thing I own is legs um, oh, and reins. But um, until the horse is just thinking, well, I just respond off your legs and, and you just teach them until they're happy to respond off your legs. So that's what I'd be addressing first before I start ramping up lots of transitions and things like that. Because, yeah, under pressure, your horse might be um, but then also, also with lots of transitions, when you do more transitions, you're probably going to be more interactive with the reins as well as the legs. So I'd go back to finding all the glitches in the reins. How well does your horse back up? How softly does it follow the field? How much brace is in it from when you, when you go from a walk to a backup straight or a fast walk to a backup and things like that? And if there's lots of brace and a little bit of lack of understanding and the horse is still, um, you know, taking a while to bring his thoughts back through the reins, then... I would just work on a lot of those things and 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 sort of connection through the reins, body control through the reins, and things like that, until the horse is emotionally, you know, connected with those reins in a in a in a more comfortable way instead of having resistance. So I I basically isolate those two things, work on them until I get the thumbs up from the horse saying I'm okay with all this, I'm okay with extra leg pressure. If your horse is super sensitive to the legs and you find it, hang on a minute, it's getting frightened. Well. You might have to even go right back another peg and say, oh, maybe I'm just going to ride you on the left rein and just gently rub you with my left leg and then the right leg until you can gently rub your horse with its leg, with your legs and it's comfortable and then go back to using those heels for acceleration. Uh, and I'd probably work on that area first um, and find out how comfortably connected your horse is to the legs and the reins um, and pay attention to all the little braces and, 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 and when you use your legs, does your horse destinate its thoughts, uh, especially when you use them a little firmer, does it, does it destinate its thoughts to the end of the arena or does it just move forward uh, comfortably um, and, and, and basically work on that for a little while um, and then, you know, even down the track in a fortnight or a month, you might go, hang on a minute, well, actually those, those, those transitions in sequence are getting a lot, lot better. If they're not, then we'll sort of address something else. But I think I'd be working on all that first and then and then um, then start to ramp up and put those transitions in a closer sequence and, and speed it up a little bit. But, uh, but what you can do, instead of going fast, um, just basically put a little bit more pressure on your horse in the walk. So, you know, walk fast straight in the back up and is your horse okay with that? And speed up and maybe speed up to jog from a slow walk and and don't don't go super fast, just... just just add a bit more importance on the on the level of um, energy you want in that transition, and the, and and also the speed you want that horse to come back through in the reins. And uh, once you've worked on getting the resistance out, then you add a little bit more pressure in there and see if your horse is comfortable with that. And then I'd um, you know 
readdress it because a lot of that anxiety is that generally the horses under pressure start to destinate emotionally, so they start to get based and, and a bit heavy. Maybe later on, you know, try that and then send another question through in a, in, a, in, a, in a couple of weeks or a fortnight, uh, sorry, a fortnight or a, or a month, and, um, you know, see, see, where you're at, see where you're at then. Super. Thanks very much, Mark. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you again very shortly. Thank you. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.